Welcome to Momentum Church. looking at this month at the idea of an adventurous life, but we've been calling it adventure-ish because sometimes we live less than the adventure that God really has each of us called to live. And um, I got a little bit of a voice thing today. I don't want you to think that I got the vid, okay? And so I know last Sunday I had it too. We helped a young uh, single mama last weekend move, and over the weekend, you know, she has cats, and cats do this to me because cats are evil. If you like cats, you can go to First Baptist. That's how much, no, I'm kidding. But, but what happened was I was gone this week for a few days, and during that time, um, my wife and some others went over, and they, they got all the last bit of stuff put into my trailer. So yesterday, I didn't sound like this in the morning, and I hauled the stuff with Maverick to the dump, and just unloading the trailer, and these are good, clean people. It's just cats. If I counsel you, and you have a cat, my throat will start itching. And so if I'm counseling you, it's not your bad breath when I ask you to step aside. Okay? It's like, I can just feel my throat itch. Can you sit over there? So, but, uh, but now I get to sound like T.D. Jakes. Glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I love it. So, no. Nah. <laughs> Well, this week, Pastor Brantley and I, we ended up going to Nashville for something, and it was called the Future Church Initiative. The Future Church Initiative. How many of you like Shark Tank? Like, that's a fun show, right? So imagine like a Holy Ghost-filled shark tank. So here's what it was. A hundred different ministries with very innovative approaches. They were invited to give their synopsis to a group called Exponential, which is a church resourcing group. And so out of the hundred, 14 ministries were accepted to come to Nashville and to present shark tank style, their ministries, their ideas, their, their concepts. And a few weeks ago, one of the denominational leaders that's over it called and asked myself to come be a part of this, just to kind of watch and, 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 and give our opinions and thoughts and things like that, which was a real honor. And so I took Pastor Brantley with me because I don't like traveling alone. And so we went up there, but here's what was neat. It would be ideas like like, like, just creative ideas. I'll give you one. There was a man who was a doctor of water policy, all right? So he, he's a doctor. I didn't even know you could be a doctor of water, you know what I mean? But he was a doctor of water policy, and, and he had this vision. Him and his friends, they started meeting at a coffee shop as a church, as a Bible study that became like a little church. And then they thought, what would happen if we started another church that mirrors us in a country that needs water? Well, this guy's brain knows how to take and desalinate water. That's cool. And their thought was, we'll go to another country where they need water. They have salt water, but they need it desalinated, however that works. And we'll start a church. So that's what they did. So now they have a church here, and they have a church in El Salvador, and they have now a church here, and they have another church in Argentina, and they have a church here, and they have another church in, in, in Pakistan. And so it's just continued to go on. Their goal is to have 1,750 churches here, and another 1,750 churches in other areas that need water. Isn't that cool? And their name was Ocean Water, but it was spelled O-C-N-W-T-R. And so we're looking at it like Akana water. Akana, what's, what's Akana water? What's, what? And we were ocean water, you know? And so that was just one of 14. It was cool, you know? We got to experience it. But what these 14 really showed me is that God is creative, amen? Yeah. 
And he has each of us on a very unique adventure. Not just people that are in ministry, not just people with innovative approaches to get things done for the gospel, which is awesome, but how many know God has some innovative, creative things to you to be on an adventure for your marriage? You know, husbands are elbowing their wives, you know, listen to this man. You know, God has some innovative, creative things for business. He has innovative, creative things. Your life, your whole life. And I want to tell you it this way. Your whole life is spiritual. You do not have a secular life and a spiritual life. Amen? Everything you do is spiritual. Everything you do is because the creator of you, God, has placed in you an adventure to pursue. Something that you're going to do, it's going to be a blessing for him. It's going to bring him glory, and it's going to be good for you. There is nothing like answering the call to a life of raw faith and real adventure. And that's what I'm challenging you to during this series. Stepping away from adventure-ish and child-ish past and into the raw faith in real life that God has for you. Come on, somebody. And so with that, for me, it looked like ministry and marriage and some other things I have my hands in. But for you, I don't know what that might be. What are you dreaming of? What is God doing in you right now? That adventure he has you on. I asked you last week to write down three things. I hope you did it, all right? If you didn't, do it. If you're a guest today, you can do this now. Write down three things that you have a dream of, a desire, a goal, something that you feel like God's stirring in you. Write those down. It may be something like starting a business. That's scary. How many in here, you've started businesses before? Yeah, yeah, Josh, man, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, yeah. So it may be starting a business. It may be a, a career change. When I was in Ohio, Randy, a friend of mine, Randy, he was in his 40s working at a factory. He running heavy machinery at a factory. And the Lord laid on his heart, go be a radiologist, the man had just barely finished high school. He'll tell you this himself. And he went on to go through college, everything he needed. And for the last 10, 12 years, he's been a radiologist. That's wild. Isn't that a career change? But God took him on to an adventure. Here's what we're going to do, Randy. I got something else for you. Maybe you're here and you're in college. You know, that's an adventure. What's next? What's that next decision? What's that next course? What's that, you know? Maybe for you, it is you're getting out of debt, and you, you have this dream, and everything you're planning toward is working toward getting you out of, of debt. Maybe for some in the room, that dream, that adventure is you want to get married. Maybe for others, you want to stay married. <laughs> Whatever. But there's that adventure. How many know marriage is an adventure, Amen. Singleness is too, I'm telling you, but marriage is an adventure. Maybe for some of you, you're, you're going, I want to have another child, but I don't know if I can afford it. And so you're all freaked out about that adventure, but you're feeling led to have another child or to start having children or to adopt a child, but you don't know if you can afford it. A mentor of my life, Mike Stentz, he has seven kids, one with special needs. And here's what he said to me one time. He said, Ross, God can't fill a need till you have a need. That doesn't mean you're crazy, all right? But... It made sense coming from a man with seven kids. And now I'm a man with five, you know, three out of the house now. But guess what? God filled the need every time. He took care of us. None of those children starved much, you know. <laughs> so whatever that might be, the adventure that God has you on, I just want to tell you it like this. God has always had his people on an adventure. 
Even when it came to Adam and Eve, an adventure in the garden to, to name and to possess and to do and to, you know, to have dominion over the face of the earth. You know, that, that was God's call to an adventure that he had for them. And his people have bucked that adventure from the dawn of time. There's always been a promise from God. Like Adam and Eve, you know, everything in this garden you can have, don't eat this, right? That's it. How many know it's so easy to want to eat this? I don't know what this is for you, but it's like you can have all this opportunity, but I want this. You, can, you know, like in my life, you can have a buffet of vegetables, but the burrito calls my name. Venga aquí, por favor. You know? It's like, oh, man, ooh. right? <laughs> That's the adventure, though. It comes with its challenges. And so we see this. I want you to turn your Bibles to Joshua 14, and I want you to stand to your feet. We always honor God's word when we begin to read his word for the first time on a Sunday. So God had a promise for his people to walk after them, him. They, they failed that promise. They end up in Egypt for 400 years. God begins to deliver them. He tells them he has a land of promise. Here's the adventure. And we're going to lead you out. And you're going to possess this land. But oh my word, 40 years. 40. Shout 40. 40. 40 years. They're on this adventure and they're missing walking into the fullness of what God has. And, and listen, you can say, but that was not their fault or that was their fault. You can look at your own life and say, you know what? It's not my fault. I'm not walking in what I'm wanting. I get it. You're right. Some things is because of others. Some, some things is because of us. But I know without a doubt, every one of us, God has us on an adventure to more. Amen? He has something for us. And I also know things stand in our way. Amen? So here's what it says in Joshua 14.1. These are the inheritances that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the father's houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, over the next few minutes, just stir us to what you have for us. Encourage us, Lord, that no matter what setback we are experiencing now, in the middle of experiencing the fullness of the adventure you have us on, God, no matter what that setback, you got a plan. Encourage us in that, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and have your seat. So, as a church, I believe that it's the church's responsibility to help guide people on an adventure to more in life through Jesus. That's, that's the mandate on Momentum Church, amen? That we want to help you all be guided toward more in life through Jesus. And as your pastor, when I put my head on the pillow at night, this is what I'm hoping out of my life. I want to be a trail guide that leads you from the lowlands of limiting beliefs and lesser views to the high peaks of experiencing God's best in your life. That's what I want. That's what I want that in your marriage. I want that in your health. I want that in your finances. I want that in the, the calling of God upon you. Lord, help us to be able to lead us according to his word into the fullness that God has for each of us. Here's the thing with that, though. As you're going toward that, sometimes we get satisfied and we settle for the thrill of lesser things. This is last week's teaching. I won't get into it too much. If you missed last week's teaching, go take a look at it. Because we settled to find the thrill of adventure in lesser trails and in lesser vistas. In those things that this will do. And, and, and yeah, for the moment, they give you that little bump. But you're still saying, someday I'll this, someday I'll that. 
Someday I'll own this business. Someday I'll marry that girl. Someday I'll start, if you're listening online, someday I'll start that church. Someday, and we fill our mouths with some days. Here's why. We use some days as a line item in a bucket list. The problem with that is, most of the time, those things will never be experienced. They're just line items in a bucket list. I told you last week, I don't like bucket lists. Why? Bucket lists are for dreamers. I like to-do lists. Why? Because to-do lists are for men and women who understand life isn't about what you dream, but what you, everybody shout, do. do. Yeah. God will show you an adventure. I guarantee you all those innovators that were there in Nashville, every single one of them at one point had a pipe dream at first. Ooh, I would love to do this. And then they begin to put actions, to-dos, and act, like daily decisions toward those things that brought those things to be. Amen? I love it. I love it. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to kind of take you on a journey today, just a little bit of the stuff that I've experienced on my way to some of the, the adventure and the dreams that we've been able to walk in, and I don't have all this stuff figured out. Amen? Many of you, if you've been with us longer than eight years, 10 years, 15 years, you've watched us live this out. Amen? I hope we lived it with grace. We probably didn't. How many know when you're climbing a mountain to a summit, you sweating like a banshee? I'm serious. You're breathing hard. It's not pretty, but you're getting there. I said you're breathing hard, and it's not pretty, but you're getting there. I said you're breathing hard, and it's not pretty, but you're getting there. I'm sorry, I had to speak that to myself. Because I'm breathing hard, it ain't pretty, but I'm getting there, amen? God's got you on an adventure too, and you're getting there. So listen, during our sabbatical, we had an opportunity after 27 years of ministry, this church, in their, their graciousness and wisdom, they gave us a sabbatical in the fall of 2019. And so with that, we put ministry aside for a few months. It was amazing. But we also put our side business aside. We have a coaching business that coaches people to, to, to greater things. And we put that aside during that season. And I'll just say it this way. Like anything, when you take your hands off of it, it declines, right? Now, the church didn't. Why? Because I got an awesome staff. Don't we have an awesome staff? Amen. I was worried the church was doing so good they wouldn't want me to come back. Just true, just true. <laughs> but here's what happened. By January, February or so of 2020, we were starting to build our business again, our coaching business. And I decided to, 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 to just, you know, we we're going to push this, you know. But I needed something. I, I told you guys last week, it's good to put something out ahead of you. So when it comes to physical things, I told you last week, I have a plan to do a rim-to-rim-to-rim hike of the, of the um, Grand Canyon next year. And that's one time across in a day, 24.2 miles. And then the next day, hike to the bottom. And then the next third day, hike out. So 48 miles in two days. These little legs are going to be like working, I'm telling you, right? So that's a physical goal. But the same way, when it came to that time, that spring, January, February, March, April, I wanted to have something that kept my mind in the game because I had gotten out of action. I had, I had just gotten used to, 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 to being on autopilot, right? No adventure is achieved when you're on autopilot. It just doesn't happen. And so Amy and I talked about it. We made plans. We began to work things. And, and guess what? One of the first things we started to do, we deleted Netflix. We deleted Hulu. We deleted those things, you know? And, um, and, and sometimes during that season, people would say, well, how do you do all that you do? It's like, well, do you watch Netflix? Well, yeah, well, I don't. 
Now, I'm not saying I haven't since then, but there, there was season. There was a time when it was like, man, we've got a goal. We've got a vision. And I wanted to put something on that list that would keep pushing me forward, all right? Because if not, then it's just a pipe pipe dream. I wanted something that had a to-do list attached to it. And so we began to dream about the idea of taking our family to the Grand Canyon and to Sedona, an Arizona type trip. And so what I did is I got my kids together and I told our five children and our son-in-law that in October of 2020, that we'd be taking a family trip to Sedona and to the Grand Canyon. Now, Amy and I, in our own private time, we talked that this is going to be a trip that we do cash. We're going to have it paid for before we ever go, okay? Which, that was crazy for us, right? But can I tell you this right now? Your life will go in the direction of your dreams, Do you hear me? Your life will go in the direction of your dreams, all right? So decisions have to follow those dreams. Dedicated action has to follow those dreams. So Amy and I, God is our witness, we got in our little office at the house, we opened our little whiteboard up, and we began to write down, here's the car payments that have to happen before we can go. Here's what we need to have happen that's paying off debt so that we can get our house refinanced, so that we can get our house remodeled. Because of years of neglect financially, our house was falling apart around us. True story, the guy looked at it when he got the sheeting off, and he's like, man, Ross, three, maybe five years tops, your living room would have been in your garage. Not a design feature you want. (laughs) But that was on the whiteboard. That was on the list. You know, that was something that we've got to be able to knock this out to have this. You know, the the, the trip to Arizona is awesome, but these things have to happen first. And for those to have to happen, daily action will have to take place in our life, all right? Listen, here's the problem with that. Often people, for various reasons, they will settle in life and they'll stop dreaming of adventures. Yeah, they will. Mm -hmm. And last week as we were teaching, we saw that what happens is when you stop dreaming of future adventures, you start settling for quick thrills and lesser trails with lesser vistas. Amen. This will be good enough. This is okay. This is all right. You start to settle. It doesn't drive you forward. Does that make sense? Just like the Israelites, they got settled just there in the wilderness wandering. They knew what they had a promise for all along. That's our inheritance. That's what God's called you to. But they were fine just wandering in less, in lack, in the wilderness. And what had happened that, 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 that January, February, March, Amy and I, we were like, no, we're going for it. You know, we're pushing. The problem is, though, when you start to go down the trail to greater vistas, you'll experience greater difficulties. Every single adventure I've ever been on that was like, whoa, this is incredible. It was a whole lot of huffing and puffing to get to that place of, wow, this is incredible. Amen? Am I alone in that? Whatever that might look like. It was difficult. Those vistas to greater things have greater and more difficult trails at times. And if we're not careful, it is easy for us to get stuck along the way in life and give up never reaching the summit of God's best for your lives. I want you to reach the summit. The problem is sometimes on the way, the adventure goes sideways, doesn't it? Watch this challenge. In Joshua 14, 
they get challenged. This, the, the, the Israelites, they're, they're, they got a promise of inheritance, but there's a challenge that takes place. Verse 6, then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Japuna, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. In other words, this man came on the scene and said, we can do this. That land that you want us to inheritance, inherit, yes, there are people that look like giants, and yes, there are fortified cities, but it's ours. If God said it to Moses and Moses told us it, that adventure's ours to take. That's what's going on here. But verse 8, watch, here's the challenge. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. There was 10 that went that were spies in the land. When they came back, they had a negative report. We can't do this. They're like giants. We're like grasshoppers. Cities are too fortified. You got Joshua and Caleb going, oh, yeah, we can do this. Just, just show us where. What do we need to do? They were ready for it, you know? And, and that's the story here. There's that challenge. Adventures go sideways sometimes. My business grew in 2019, but can I tell you this? As it grew, so did opposition to me and my business grow. I'm going to take you in on a little personal journey. Is that all right? Can I do that? Some people are like, yeah. No, I'm just being honest, all right? <laughs> and as our business grew and finances were getting better, it cracked me up how people were coming against us. I can't believe you're doing this on the side. Now, mind you, it was always about seven to 10 hours. I never, even to now, have never done more than seven to 10 hours a week, a week on this thing. Because why? I love pastoring Momentum Church. Amen? This is the house I love. These are the people I love. This is what I'm called to. But I enjoy not being broke. Come on, somebody. I do. I enjoy seeing lives change. Amen. I enjoy the adventure I'm on. I enjoy what it keeps my mind engaged in. And, and I got to thinking about it. In 2019, people were going like, like crazy in their head. I can't believe you're doing this, you know. And here's the thing. Nobody had a problem when we moved to Georgia two months before we ever brought our families here. Jared and I moved here. And the reason why was because I'd seen many church planters raise their nut, that's what I call it, raise that chunk of money to start their church. And we raised about $50,000 cash and about $50,000 in pledges. So close to 100 grand raised or committed. And so we had a nice nut for church planting. This is 16 years ago. It was a good chunk that we had. My worry, because I'd seen planters do this, move to an area, take 35, 40 grand as a salary, okay? And two years later, there's no money left, and there's not enough people to be sustainable, and they close up the church plant. You know what that is to me? Selfish. That's a preacher that doesn't care. That's just my opinion, all right? Now, I, when I was a church plant director, I was constantly telling this story to new planters because I'm like, go get a job, all right? You don't have anybody yet. Why do you need to be full-time? You ain't got nobody. There's nothing to do. Well, I've got to design things. I've got, no, you don't. <laughs> you got to go get in the community and work. So whatever. So long story short, I came early. Jerry got a job. I started a side business. As soon as that side business was profitable within about two weeks, because that's what I'm good at. Next thing you know, two months later, we get our families down. And it was just awesome. We got to about 100 people as a church. And then I went full time and so on. Then we got Jared on full time. But, but nobody had a problem with me doing that. Amen. Leaving my family for two months. 
But you know why I did that? Not to pat myself on the back. I did it because there was a dream in my heart for five years. I'd already written it down five years prior that we'd plant this church in Georgia. I'm in Ohio, but God gave me a dream in my heart to plant a church in Georgia. And I wrote it down and began to work things. We started living lean. We were careful with debt. Why? Because we knew someday we were going to be coming to Georgia to plant a church. So we were careful with the adventure in mind. Does that make sense? So then we come here and we do that. Nobody had a problem with that. Nobody had a problem when the Great Recession hit and finances were tight around here during the Great Recession. And there was a few of us that were full-time. Church was going pretty good. But the recession hit and the economy just tanked, right? So nobody had a problem for two years, me hauling junk and cleaning carpets, working 80 to 95 hours a week. God is my witness for like two years. And I don't need you, well, maybe just go, aw. That feels better. I don't need your accolade on that, all right? I already have the accolade because your butt's in the seats and here's the accolade. Life's changed. Marriage is, ooh, come on. Marriage is healed. <laughs> people delivered and people filled the Holy Spirit. And people just, that, that's, the, that's why it was worth all of that. But let me just say this way. Nobody had a problem with that. But when I began to move forward in something else, you know, people went crazy. Not people, but a few people, all right? But I did that stuff because I had a call to plant momentum church. And I didn't want to just be a pipe dream. I didn't want to just be a bucket list. It was worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And so you sacrifice, you know. And then a few years ago, like I said, I started this little thing. And, and here's what's crazy. I'm getting my health back. And you know people who communicated to me that they were embarrassed of my appearance as an obese pastor. Yeah, I said that. I had people communicate that to me. I, I can't have somebody watch the broadcast online before they come because I'd be too afraid they wouldn't come because of the way you look. And I punched him in the throat. <laughs> My fat little body punched him in the throat. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I had people through, through the years, the different ones, that would just speak that, you know? And now I'm 300 pounds, and I lose 80 pounds in like six months, and life's going good. You know, again, I'm still not quite where I want to be. But, but here's what happened. Some of those started raising up an anti-diet army because I found a way to take my health back, and they didn't like that approach. Well, do you think that on my way to the adventure God has for me, do you think that was some opposition? Do you think that was some setback emotionally, mentally, to have pastored some people for a decade plus, and they don't want to be here because they just don't know if they can trust pastor anymore because what pastor's doing, the way he's lost the weight, and the way he's helping people? Okay? I got a really, like, short three-letter word for that. Bye. I didn't say that in first service. <laughs> I can see my wife. She's like, you're sleeping on the couch. I can just feel it already. <sighs> but listen, can I just say this? When you're going after something, that adventure that God has for you, just listen to this. Other people's opinions won't pay the bills, and surely they will not finance your your future, and your dreams. Amen? When you're going after that dream, other people's opinions won't get you there. But when you know God has you where you have... Now, I'm not saying don't be humble. 
I've been humble. I've submitted myself to my board. I, I listened to leadership. Does it make sense? There's seasons where I backed off because this is a season where I need to back off and focus here and focus there. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm not in a marathon here. Amen? Or a sprint. I'm in a marathon, right? But I just want you to hear this, hear my heart. Like when it comes to the idea of adventure, that adventure that I'm talking about might be unique to me, but all of us had things go sideways in 2020. There was a little thing that happened called a global pandemic, right? (laughs) And to be honest, some people wing things. I don't. I I try, especially when I'm traveling, I try to, at a fault, have everything figured out and planned. And the pandemic was wreaking on my havoc, wreaking havoc on my plans for this, this trip out to Arizona. You know, you can't get a permit to hike down to the bottom and camp. You can't get your plane ticket. You can't get a rental car. All that stuff was happening in 2020. Finally, I was able to get my plane tickets purchased. Why did I do that? I wanted to get them purchased early because I'm committed now. I'm doing everything I can to get to that adventure. And so with that, we purchased our tickets a few months ahead of time. I got a direct flight to Phoenix, thank God. That way we could start that morning, get there, and really just get going on our adventure. And the day before we go, I get an email from, from, I won't say the name of the plane, but I get an email saying that it's not going to be a direct flight. So we're going to fly to D.C., Chicago, Saipan, I don't know. I mean, it was, it, it was D, I think D.C., Chicago, and Phoenix. It was like, what in the world? So when we get to Phoenix, we're six hours, maybe eight hours later than planned. We go up to get our van rental because there's eight of us with stuff, you know, five kids, my wife and a son-in-law. So we go up to get the van rental, and guess what? Nope, they don't have the van. But we got there late, but I want you to hear this. Although adventure was delayed, it wasn't denied. Amen. Just know that in your own lives. Although something's delayed, it's not denied. But we get there late. We get, our, we get two cars because the van fell through. Which, you know what? I wasn't real happy about that because I was picturing our whole family for eight, ten days, however long it was. I was picturing us in a van like, like the Brady Bunch. More like the Partridge family. <laughs> the, the laughter shows me the ages of the people in the room. So, the, yeah. And, and that's what I was picturing, you know, us singing and, and kumbayaing, all that good stuff. And, and that didn't happen. So that night, you know, we finally we drive to where we're going to camp outside of Sedona. And we like dispersed camping. It's just, it's just ground. There's nothing there. And so we get out there. And, and this is the goal. We wanted to get there and have a place set up like this, you know. Check this, this tent site out. This is a hammock site, actually. We wanted to get there and have, we wanted this slide to show. There we go. And so, you know, isn't that beautiful? That's Sedona. And those rocks over there don't look red, but man, in the morning time, they're just bright red, beautiful. This was, a couple of us were here. Um, there was a tent set up. Let's see that area. You know, this is our, that's one of our tents we have. And then I think we have one more other tent too, but, but basically this is where we're headed. Look what it looks like in the morning. This is beautiful. You wake up to that and it was worth all the junk that we'd went through. It was like, but before we got to that, all right, we pull up into the dispersed camping area with the cars. Amy's following me. We come around. Nah, not too good a spot, not too good a spot, not too good a spot. Ooh, this isn't going to be where we're going to camp, so I'm going to back out and go somewhere else. The windows are down, and as I back up, Amy comes. I'm saying, like, like come here. I'm going like this. I, think, I can't remember if I was doing the motion and my son-in-law was speaking no, no, or if it was the other way around. But she's seen hands. And once hands start moving, you don't know what direction this is. You see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, like to me, this is like 
come here, like, that's it just feels weird. This is like, you know, you're dancing or something. But to me, this is pretty universal. To Amy, it's not so universal. All right? The word no, no, no. Sounds like go, go. So where I saw a huge stone that you can't make the turn on, Amy just is being a sweet, submissive wife, and she just goes. And so this is what we end up at. Both of those tires are completely off the ground. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, you know, and it's starting to, sun's starting to set. It's like, we, we got to set camp. We got three, you know, multiple hammocks and tents. And I'm just, oh, this is where we're at, you know. So long story short, we got through it. Amen. So let me show you what, what the next thing is. All right. Let's see this picture here. Um, we got through it. So there's a jack. My son-in-law, Zach, has a jack. We jack up the vehicle. This rock's like 400 pounds. So Grant, myself, and, and, and Zach, try not to get crushed by the car. We slowly slide it out from under the car, and it was all good, you know? And we just looked at Amy like, drive it like you stole it, baby, you know? I mean, it was kind of like that. But, <laughs> but here's what's so cool about all this, all right? We enjoyed that night. And actually, to be honest, my mind space was good. There was a time when I, I would have been just out of my mind with that. But you know what? I've learned to roll with the punches. And um, you got to be when you're married to Amy. So, <laughs> all right. So here's what we ended up doing the next day, though. Look at this picture. It was so worth all the frustration because I got to hike out with my kids out to this peak at, at Stone at Sedona, you know. Here's another picture closer, closer up of the crew. Man, it was incredible. You can leave that up for a second. That was awesome. It was incredible. And what that was wasn't just a family trip. You've got to understand, this was the apex of 15 years of struggle, 16 years of struggle, both physically, financially, every way you could imagine. And now we're here on this mountain. Adversity from people, all sorts of things, all, you know, and now we're here on this mountain. It was amazing. You know, this means so much to me physically because to think this two years before this picture was taken, I pretty much checked out on all activity with my kids. Come home from work, sit in my chair, fall asleep. It's dinner time, have dinner, put the kids to bed, and that was it. She would say, hey, let's walk around the cemetery. Nope, cemetery right behind our house. Hey, let's walk up to, to, to Mikasa, which is just up this, nope, let's drive couldn't walk less than a quarter of a mile. Let's drive. But this time and through these experiences, I love this, Max started calling me his adventure dad. Come on, somebody. Come on. Yeah. And I'm not where I'm headed, but I'm not where I used to be, but I still blows my mind that people on my journey had the audacity to look down on what I was doing. And yes, I'm being a little bit of a, of a, a complainer right now. <laughs> but remember what I said, other people's opinions, they won't finance your dreams, amen? So this trip was a celebration of health and restored finances and all those things. But can I tell you this? In your life, every adventure to a greater summit, it will have setbacks. For me, it was people relationships that literally I don't have anymore. I hate that love people. And some of those relationships are broken forever, you know? It's, 
just blows my mind. But whatever it is for you, you'll have setbacks. There's challenges. When Amy and I hike, we run into challenges all the time. There's something called a washout. This is where the path you're on is just washed out. You're going, and a tree has come down through and has washed the whole side of the hill off. There is no path, and you've got to figure out how to get up and around it, you know? The path you're on, you thought you would have this job forever, and it's washed out. That's a setback, amen? That's a setback. Maybe for you, it's a creek crossing. There's potential danger with the creek crossing. And you see it and you think, mm, I can't cross here. And you got to move. And it's slowing you down. But it's a setback. But there's still land on the other side. There's still a plan. Maybe for you, it's a difficult ascent. What looks like an unnavigable wall from a distance. As you approach it, you start to realize this is going to be difficult. But there is a way. But, ooh, it's going to be tough. I want to show you a picture of one of the areas I'll be at in, in, in the Grand Canyon. This is South Kaibab Trail. And actually, my kids and I, we've hiked, I want to say it was about a mile and a half down, a mile and a half back on this trail. But when you see that from a distance, it looks like a wall. But watch, when you get a little bit closer, it's not. They're switchbacks. Say switchbacks. Those are 180-degree bends in a road or a path that lead up the side of a mountain. A switchback is a type of path that follows a zigzag pattern up a stretch, deep terrain, like a hill or a, a mountainside. And most trails will have it, unless you're hiking the Benton Mackay Trail. And a lot of times, they just want you to go straight up. Has anybody been on the BMT here? It's here in Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. It's not fun. But... All I'm getting at is rather than climbing directly up a slope, you switch back. The switchback runs from one side of the slope to the other side of the slope, switching back and forth until you get to where you're supposed to be, all right? Here's the thing about switchbacks. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Very frustrating. You feel like you're going nowhere. You're not covering much ground, it feels like. But the whole time, you're climbing closer to the goal, Amen? And so what I want you to get today, and I'm going to have my niece and nephew come and share here for just a second. I want you to get this. Live every day as an adventure heading towards your dreams and experience every setback as a switchback on the way to the summit. Do you hear that? Every setback as a switchback on the way to your summit. Hello, Momentum. My name is Brian Shaw, and uh, this is my wife, Leah. And... Uh, Oh, we got some high. Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, we want to share with you our story of hope. And uh, 2020, of course, was a rough year for a lot of us. But um, we just had a really bad day. I think anybody can relate to that. Um, unfortunately for us, this day happened at the beginning of the year when we lost both of our jobs. And we lost them both in the same day. Um, we were on staff at a church. We moved out of state, away from our family, for these serving positions. But when the leadership of the church could no longer sustain the positions, that meant that we had lost our jobs. Not only did we lose our jobs, but we felt like we lost our church family and our community. And we had to find somewhere else to live. We were living in New York. And uh, you can't live in New York without a job. And you probably don't want to live in New York with a job. <laughs> um, it's the truth. Uh, but so we had about less than two weeks to figure out what we were going to do. And during that time of praying and asking God, we both knew with much prayer that it was um, Georgia that we needed to move to. 
We wanted to be close to family, but we didn't know how it was going to work. Uh, we were fully relying on God. Pastor Ross, who happens to be my uncle, welcomed us and my family with open arms to stay with them until we get back on our feet. And one of the first few Sundays that we were here at Momentum, word got out that I could paint. And before you knew it, it just took off. God started providing more work for me and making a way for my family to move down here. We were able to move out of my uncle's basement. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. It's a nice basement. It really is. Don't want to live there forever, but it's a nice basement. And into our own home with the help of the men from Momentum. Um, I've started a painting company, and God has blessed it every single step of the way. So with that said, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for your blessings. So um, our hope in this story, in this season, um, is that God has and God will continue to provide all of our needs, every single one of them. There's a, um, there's a phrase that a lot of Christians like to use in the church world um, for someone who's struggling or going through a trial and they're just having a rough time, and that's, oh, just hang on, just keep pressing on, keep pushing forward, your blessings are coming, they're going to be on the other side, and I'm here to tell you, we're not on the other side, but we're seeing the blessings now. And we're seeing the favor of God's hand move in our life and in this church. The miracles that we're witnessing are incredible. And I feel like we are walking out Genesis 50, 20, which is what the enemy meant for evil. God is using for good. And that doesn't mean that we don't have those rough days where we're like, gosh, why us? Why are we going through us? But it's in those times when God gently reminds us, just look at the past six months. Look what I've done. And that's such a reassurance that I serve a great God, an incredible God. And so um, I, I don't think that this is the end of our story of hope. I think that this is truly just the beginning I, uh, I think that we need to strap our seatbelts on and I throw a little scrunchie in my hair because it's going to get crazy. <laughs> um, so we are um, so blessed to be able to say that God has already restored friendships, our church family, and the community, and we're looking forward to the rest of the restor restoration that's coming. So thank you. guys amen i love that. that's exactly what i do too on those tough hikes as i'm getting ready to go up the hill i just pull my hair back into a scrunchie <laughs> go no i i remember where i was I, we were we were canoeing in the okafinoki swamp when i got a call from him we were without phone service for a couple days we get to an area and i saw amy had called and she's like have you talked to your nephew yet no so i call up brian and man, just, just my heart grieved with him and for him. But there was a sense of hopeful anticipation, knowing God has a purpose, amen? And that was a huge, huge setback in his life. But I want you to understand that setback has been a switchback, amen? A switchback, a 180-degree turn into what God's going to do next. You had 10 spies who were saying, nope, this is bad giants and fortified cities but two said no we can do this 
They started turning. Now here's what's sad. That's where their hearts, their hearts turned 45 years before this. They had already turned in their spirit. No, we can do this. But guess what? They were with the whole crew, right? And for 45 years, they're having to walk this journey. But you know they kept that promise before them. Amen? And in Joshua 14, verse 8 through 9, it says this. I love it. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And Joshua and Caleb, they, they stood in a position where they said, You know what? We're wholly following the word of God. The others wanted to settle. And I want to challenge you, don't settle for less. When God calls you to a great adventure in your life, don't settle for less. To settle means this, to discontinue moving and come to rest in one place. Can I just say it this way as we close? Don't settle for anything less than God's best for your life, period. Whatever the cost, whatever the price, whatever the pain, whatever the sacrifice, don't. And Paul said it to the Philippian church this way, forgetting what lies ahead, Behind, well, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. Some translations say striving forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Let those of us who are mature think this way. That's what I'm challenging our body to. A mature way of thinking. Amen? In the month of September, I'll be dealing with that even more as we grow to think the way God wants us to think about things in life. Not childish, not adventure-ish, but a mature way of thinking that leads you into an adventurous life that God has. Think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Let me ask you a question as we close. How do you know if you have settled for less in life? How do you know? How do you know? The scripture tells us. If you're settling, you're not striving. Are there areas in your life that you have stopped striving toward, that you know God told you to strive toward? If you have settled, you're not striving. If you're positioning yourself in passivity, you're not pressing. Are there things that you thought, well, there's nothing I can do about it? You serve a creative, innovative God, amen? If you're holding on to anything less than hope, then you're not forgetting those things in the past and you're failing to reach for those things in the future. Are there things that you've just stopped hoping for? If so, I'm not saying this to beat you up. I've been there. I'm just saying, then you're settling for less. And I want to challenge you, don't settle for anything less than the summit. That's a good place. You're supposed to shout right there. I said, don't settle for anything less than the summit. Amen? May take some time. Took these men 45 years, but don't settle. Verse 10, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. I'm excited about that because there's things in my heart that we haven't even walked yet in as a church. I cannot wait to see what God's going to do. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. <laughs> that old time. I love how he, he's part of Israel, but he's like, this 45 years while Israel's walked in the wilderness. <laughs> you were walking with them. You know what I mean? You're like, he was right there with them. But that's not where his mind was. His mind wasn't a wilderness walker. His mind was a mountain pursuer. His mind was one that was going to get to the summit someday. 
But right here in this moment, I'm with the whole crew, you know. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. He says, yes, those cities are fortified. Yes, there might be some giants, but I'm up for the task. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day how the Anakim, the giants were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will call with me, be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord has said. Caleb looks and he says, give me that mountain. Isn't that awesome? And I want to challenge you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like right now, Live every day as an adventure heading towards that dream and experience every setback as a switchback on the way to the summit. Amen? If you have something in your mind right now that the Lord is working in you, close your eyes and let's take it to him in prayer. Jesus, right now, for my friends, Lord God, I ask that they would be those who will press. There will be those, Lord, who will strive. There will be those who will hold on to hope, much like Joshua and Caleb. All those years in the wilderness did not disdain their heart, did not distract their dream. Lord God, there came that moment when they realized and were able to walk to the summit and experience the mountain you gave them as they were able to, as we are challenged to today, look at every setback as a switchback in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.